This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. Ride or ride. This has to be the hardest segment I've had to prepare for because... <laughs> <laughs> morning and you've got nothing going on on your beat bro like nothing it's, going on. it's it's one of those times man when uh you know it's just it is what it is you go through those points in the in the period where the transfer portal is kind of dead right because at this point uh you're, you're filled up in a lot of areas you try to get certain guys and, and now you're just waiting for the next transfer portal period and then you're so far ahead in recruiting right like it's 2025 is a long way off where all of these uh, kids commenting on how much they like Miami. It's, it's really, you know, pointless because we know we're a long way off before any of them sign, man. It's just one of those weird times. Yeah, no, no, it's just, it, it's, it's nuts. I'm, I'm watching and trying to prepare for the segment. I'm like, there's like nothing going on. So like Manny, you know, like, what do you think about the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> One of those deals, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, just, yeah. You know, well, and, and I know that um, there's still some coaching stuff, right? Is there still are they still searching for for a position coach? Yeah, right? they're still they're still running backs uh, coach opening officially uh, at Miami. Um, Will it be know. from within, or or do you still I, think they're going to go outside? I think it just ma- it's a more of a matter of, of of who sort of becomes open, right? And w- with all these NFL staffs that still need to be filled out, right? You think about a guy like Jason Taylor, right? Like he's with the Hurricanes for one year. What's to stop another NFL team from not calling this guy up, seeing after you know kind of what he did uh, in one year in college? He kind of put his time in. So you you never know if if more positions become open. But right now, um, you know Miami's got an opening at running backs coach. I, I would assume that it's going to be filled internally or, or or with somebody not major just because it's one of those positions that you can put a young and up-and-coming coach, right? You can put somebody who's a really good recruiter, somebody who this is their, their first sort of college-type assistant-type job, uh, somebody that maybe you're grooming to be a coordinator down the road that wants to learn to, to be like a running game-type coordinator, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's not it's not a position where – you know, you're desperate to get somebody proven or anything like that. So now if, if Jason Taylor leaves or, uh, you know, your, one of your coordinator leaves, and then, then you got a problem. But I think for right now, it's one of those, those jobs that's just open and Mario can ultimately do uh, what he sees fit for it. Mario's loving this. He's going, oh, these two assholes have nothing negative to talk to me about. So <laughs> yeah, this segment won't go uh, viral. Or, you know, so he's probably, he's probably happy. That there isn't much to talk about, you know. He's had, he's had um, a really he's had a really good off season. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, this is exactly the way that you want it to go. You keep your coordinators, right? You don't have to worry about replacing them. <clears throat> you get the quarterback that you want. You fill a lot. Of, you sign the number three uh, recruiting class in the country. You don't really lose any major guys from your team to the portal that you're like super worried about replacing. How do we how do we fill this guy's shoes? So from from a you know seven and six, how did the offseason go? Perspective went pretty well for Miami. Oh yeah, dude. Well, Mario's issues aren't anything except game day. That's it. That's it. He's 
exceptional everywhere else. We know he's exceptional as a human being, a leader, a, a recruiter, a worker, uh, everything. You're not going to beat Mario in any of that stuff. Really, all it is is about game day. And what do you hear about that? What what are, do you hear? I, I mean, I'm asking you the impossible probably, but what is it? Because I, I look at McDaniel and I look at Mario and I kind of see the same issues. I love both coaches as their personalities and their work ethic and all that and what they're all about. But on game day, they're not polished yet at this point. And so what is he doing to kind of – and I don't know what he can do without actual game action around him. So I, I don't yeah. know. How can he improve in that area? It's a great question. Oh, I think, you know, you, you look at a guy, you know, look, I know from covering the heat with Eric Spolstra, Eric Spolstra would go in his off seasons and go hang out with football coaches, right? He would go and hang out with baseball coaches, with all kinds of different people to learn stuff from. Mario, philosophically, is not a guy who I think worries too much about the X's and O's in terms of strategy, picking things up. Like he learned what he learned from Greg Schiano. He learned what he learned from being around Nick Saban as far as roster building, recruiting. But from an X's and O's perspective, I don't know that he's, he, he gets, you know, he's sleepless at night. I think he just thinks that this is a talent accumulation business. His, his mindset is get the best players. The best players are going to lead you to wins and hire the best possible coordinators who can work with those guys and adjust now, I think he, I think he made a home run hire with his defensive quarter. I think Lance Guidry had the yeah. right to approach for this group. I think he married, you know, he he changed his philosophy when they had some injuries on the defensive line in the middle of the season. He changed the philosophy. He went from a from a you know traditional four two five to to you know a three three five because he just didn't have enough defensive alignment. That dude adjusted, and he still got to the quarterback. He still brought pressure. Uh, he still made you know the kind of adjustments. The offensive coordinator, I don't know if that's just necessarily a good hire. And it's not that I don't like the guy. I just think, you know, there's certain strengths that Miami uh, had last season, their offensive line being one of them. Did they uh, run the right kind of passing routes to work with the receivers that they have? Did they put Tyler Van Dyke in the best position to succeed? Or did, did he go off script? And when he went off script, why did they allow him to go off script? Those kind of things are questions that internally, I think, Mario has to deal with head on, but I don't know that that's X's and O's. That's hey, dude, don't let the quarterback run rapid and 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 turn the ball over. Run plays where he's not going to turn the ball over. Run plays, you know, make him give him a certain look where he where he has to protect the football. Those are those are the kind of conversations you need to have. I don't know where Mario goes for that. I don't know where he goes for inspiration because I don't think he he really does that. You know, I don't think he goes to other head coaches and, and people around college football. Now maybe that Nick Saban's retired. And living down in Jupiter, maybe he'll he'll have Nick Saban stop by. I know in the springtime there have been coaches that have come by Miami. Ed Orgeron has been around Miami the last couple of years because his son has been there. But to answer your question, oh, it's, it's a great question. I don't know if Mario really has that guy that he leans on. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, that's the one area, dude. That's all he's missing. He's perfect in every other way, shape, and form. Uh, as a head coach, I, I love all the other areas. It's just the one concern I would have is on game day. All right, so I asked you that impossible question. I will ask you another impossible question. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you know anything about Mark Fletcher's injury? How yes, he's it, 
Yes, yes. Okay. It's uh it's a it's a foot injury. Uh he had to have, I think, a minor procedure done, but the expectation is that he will be back in time for the for summer and and uh the start of the season. So I don't think this is a serious like hey, he's gonna leak into the fall type injury. It's you know, miss the spring, recover from surgery, come back and be ready to go for for the Gators on August thirty first. When will the tight end return to the Miami to the Miami Hurricanes offense? It's a great question. I think when they get some healthy tight ends who can catch the ball, Elijah Royal was supposed to be a big part of this offense, and unfortunately, he had uh, the injury. He had a setback as soon as he came back, and he couldn't just they couldn't just throw him out there. And he's a guy that that has taken a long time uh, to recover. Sometimes when you have those those injuries. You have surgery, you think you're healed, you go back out there, you tweak it, then they hold you out some more time, then you go back out there again, you tweak it again. It, it, it's just been a mess with him. So I think once Elijah Arroyo gets healthy and confident in his knee that he can go out there and not have any setbacks, then you'll see the tight end much more involved. Look, Miami went out and they got this kid, Elijah Lofton, um, out of uh, Las Vegas, Bishop Borman High School. Uh, that well, school's obviously... They're, they're pretty good. They, they put out some some serious dudes. Elijah uh, reminds me of, of some former sort of. Wait, wait a minute. He can play tight end better than the quarterback we got from there, right? Yes, definitely. A hundred percent. He can play the court, the uh, tight end position. Sure. And he's, he's much more of an H back type of guy, but he is a dynamic playmaker who can line up in that spot and cause problems for defenses. So By the way, some people may be lost. Yes. Do you want to the quarterback we're talking about out of Las Vegas? Oh, yes. Um, oh, Mr. Five Star. And now I'm forgetting his name because he put me on the spot. Uh, it's, um, he had a nice girlfriend. Yes. I mean, I can't. Yes. Uh, he was on the uh, the uh, the show with um, all the other quarterbacks. Or Manny. Can anybody <laughs> guess the name before Tate, Manny tomorrow? The beat Tate. guy. Tate Martell, Tate Martell. And it's funny because I ran into him like two summers ago. Oh, when I was in Vegas for seven on seven, he was there. And um, and uh, I looked at him. We made eye contact. I waved and and I could see like sort of the disappointment in his face. Like, oh, man, this is some guy who's going to want to talk to me about my my failed football career. Yeah. And I just I let him be. But, uh, you know, yeah, feel bad for the kid. But, yes, he can play the uh, tight end position a lot better than that. Elijah Lofton will be a good player at Miami. I don't know if he'll make a huge impact year one. But he's a guy that in year, you know, year two for sure, I expect to be on the field contributing. By the way, the Tate Martell's fake Martell is kind of came. <laughs> that's a better. That's a name for. That's a name. Yep. I was gonna say. Uh, I forgot what. I think I was gonna call him Manvel, and it, and I'm like, no, wait, it's not Manvel. It's Martell. And then uh, and then it hit me. So well, if he kept that girlfriend, <laughs> at least he got. You know, one out of two is not bad. It didn't work out in football, but he got a babe. So, you know. Yeah, he, for All a little right. while. I think they broke I think they broke up as soon as she saw that he wasn't going to make the uh, the NFL as a quarterback. So, Oh, oh, oh okay. yeah. I think that ended pretty quickly once she realized he's not playing quarterback here. Are you tripping out with the way Travis Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift are, like, turning over the whole world? Like, people are, like, freaking out on their relationship one way or another, like – like it, it's it's so ridiculous you know what i mean I, I think shit. it's i think it's uh i think people need to embrace it man like the fact that you have a super a, a superstar uh singer you know performer entertainer in love with an nfl player that's great for the nfl i 
I get it. There's there's the people who, who just want to watch the football and they're tired of the of the shots of the uh, of the press box with her in there and celebrating and all that. But listen, man, I'll tell you what, my daughters who could give three, you know, what's about football uh, are uh, they watch because of Taylor Swift. Oh, is Taylor's boyfriend playing? You know, right. Exactly. So, it, yeah. It's serving its purpose, man. There's a lot more people interested in it because she's I, I around. I don't understand why people are, and some people are freaking out. Even on the political side, they're all also all up and it's like, uh, yo, like she's trying to find somebody she wants to be with. He's trying to find somebody. It looks like they actually found each other, and it looks like you know they're. Why don't you just be happy that they're happy being right. happy? You know what I mean? Just it's good for them. Taylor's been writing her whole life about all kinds of bad shit happening to her in her relationships. Well, maybe now she can start writing about a terrific relationship, you know, because obviously it's been right. an issue. For her. You know what I mean? It's like, so we'd rather her be Jennifer Aniston or, you know, another one of these women that, uh, that can't find somebody forever. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand that. It's like, dude, be happy for them. You know what I mean? I, by the way, I'm convinced that Travis Kelsey's retiring. I'm oh, yeah. convinced. Yeah. Because he, ha he has two years left. Matt Verderam and I go back and forth. Matt's a big uh, uh, football guy, but he's a big KC guy. This isn't even a KC show and all that. And so he thinks he's going to hang in there for the two more years. But I think I think he's become human. Yeah. I, 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 he doesn't have anything. He doesn't even need this Super Bowl, bro. He doesn't no. need any more stats. He doesn't need anything. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's got already a couple championships. He's He could be considered the greatest tight end, or if not, top two, top three, whatever, bro. Like, he doesn't need this shit. I think he's done, bro. When it, And if they win, for sure, I think he just he walks off into the sunset and he, and he gets happy because he, yeah. he got something else to do now. What's and and why blame him for it, right? I mean, he's got a he's got a good thing going. Uh, he can he can enjoy life, and you know what's to stop him either? You know, from from uh, doing what some other guys have done in this in this profession in sports, where they they come back in the middle of the season, right? Hey, I don't have to go through camp. I can just sign a contract, play in no in November, December, or whatever, and, and get ready for the playoffs and play half a season if, if that's what he wanted to do. If Patrick Mahomes somehow were to convince him to do that, so how about this? He's doing what the rest of us do. When we find mm -hmm. somebody that we love and we care about, well, we want to be with that person, bro. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, dude. You know what I mean? No, and maybe, nothing exactly. nothing wrong at all. And and in football, he's probably had enough of putting his body through freaking hell, dude. You know, he said, What is he, 34 have, now? Yeah. He's going to have yeah. to deal with a lot of shit for the next 30 years from playing football for so many years and injuries and wear and tear and all that kind of stuff. Come on, man. Give me a break. So Find happiness when you got it, man. Yeah, hells yeah, man. All right, what's the happiness you got going on on The Athletic? Well, I wrote about the uh, Florida Gators 2024 recruiting class. That story will be coming out tomorrow. I caught up with DJ Lagway, a guy who Miami fans should familiarize themselves with because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, signed with the Gators. Uh, Miles Graham, remember Ernest Graham, the running back for the Gators? Yeah. Uh, played in the NFL with the Bucks for a long time. He's uh, his son, Miles, is uh, one of the Gators signees. So uh, just a story on what happened with Florida's recruiting class. They had the number three recruiting class at one point. They had a bunch of guys decommit because uh, the season fell apart for them. But, um, you know, Lagway, Graham, they've got some good players still part of that class that are probably going to play a lot as freshmen. And so I have a little read on them. 
and uh, there'll be more stuff uh, in the weeks ahead, man. It's it's the off season. Oh, we get to slow things down a little bit around here. It's so slow <laughs> on the Canes. You're writing about the Caters, so yeah, I, yeah. I really am. I, I I don't want to write about 2025, guys. I I'm sorry. I apologize to the to the readers and the listeners. It's uh, January. These guys aren't signing till December. So right, and they're gonna change their minds eight times from now till then anyway so yeah these kids come on dude you, you yeah you can't trust these kids or their kids I mean, they don't know what the hell they want anyway all right follow them on twitter and manny underscore navarro and subscribe to the athletic manny as always thank you my brother we'll catch up on friday all right man take care you got it there you go caneswear.com you can get anything and everything with the canes logo practically on it man they've got dolphins gear marlins Panthers, Inter Miami. They got uh, messy jerseys, messy shirts, all kinds of stuff, man. So go check it out. Hats of all kinds. They don't have a Cutter's Edge hat. They should because this is a stylish freaking hat, dude. I've told William many, many times this is a great look. Now, only problem is, see, it looks great like this, but what the Cutter's Edge guys are wearing, <laughs> it's dirty. They put, but when it's new like this, see, I don't, I don't take it out anywhere. I, 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 I take care of this hat because it's a sharp hat. You can't find this one, okay, at Canesware, but you can find Heat hats and Marlins hats and Panther hats and all kinds of different styles too, and Dolphins hats with the old logo on it. Which this one here, I just recently got at Canesware. Has uh, the year I was born, which is the year the Dolphins were established. You know, the league knew they had to celebrate my birth the right way. You know, they said, hey, Big O is coming to the world. We need to put a team in his town because that man cannot grow up without a team. And poof. Now, I, you probably didn't know that that's how it happened, but. That's the real story of the Dolphins. The football gods got together. They noticed I was coming and said, no, 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 no. We got to have a team for that man there. He can't live in Miami without football. That guy's a football nut. And then the other gods asked, like, how do you know? I'm God. And so then they didn't argue. And then I was born, and I had my football team right here. So that's really how it happened. I just want you all to know. So you can thank me for the Dolphins. That's just, you know, it's a burden I have to carry. But anyway, 2655 South University Drive in Davie. Go see Brett and all the great people there at Canesville. They know how to make it happen, man. Great people. And use our code, Big O10. You will get 10% off. Canesware.com. This podcast replay is brought to you by Canesware.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Canesware.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome aboard. How you doing, Manny? You feeling good? Feeling good, brother. You know, reaching out to uh, my people around the program, just talking to people about stuff. You know, it's the off season, trying to dig and find out what's going on. That's all. I'm with you there. You know, I was having this discussion before you came on because, you know, people are talking about, like, DeMar Hamlin, like, comeback player of the year. And I have a problem with that. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, I because I, I, somebody already gave him comeback player of the year, and it was the Pro Football Writers, which like I'm really disappointed that the writers would do that because he's not a comeback player. Don't you have to right. be a player first and foremost? So mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was a player, like. Heisman, he started in Cleveland. I think they even made the playoffs one year with him. And then obviously he had to decline and he was off the map the last couple of years. And last year he resurrected his career. He's going to get a $40 million contract. He took Tampa to the playoffs. That's comeback player of the year material in my eyes. You know what I mean? Somebody that was down, somebody that was already a player, then then got down and then bounced back again. Uh, Kurt Warner did that. Remember when he went to the Giants? Mm-hmm. He fell in a freaking hole there and then went back to Arizona and boom, that's comeback player of the year. For me, I would give DeMar Hamlin a courage award because Correct. it takes courage to die on the field and say, no, no, I'm going to go back and do it again. But he was right. never a player in the first place, dude. He was a. A backup, backup, a role player. He wasn't. He was trying to fight yeah. for a spot just to be in the damn NFL. That's not a yep. player, right? I agree 100% with you. I think, unfortunately, uh, you know, like you said, some of this stuff is predestined, right? Hey, he takes the field this year. He's got to become back player of the year. Uh, but that's not what the spirit of that award is. And I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you. you. You give him the courage award and you let a guy like Baker Mayfield, who truly earned it, uh, and, and, you know, all the crap he's taken, right, for being a bad quarterback and a bust as the number one pick uh, to, to coming back and, and not having all the success he did. I think uh, you're, you you nailed it, brother. Once again, you nailed it. Well, I, I, it's not nailing. It's just common sense. It, somebody gave to Tua a comeback. Dude, I'm sorry. Tua was a yep. player last year. He's just coming back from a five-game stretch that he missed. He was having a – he was in the MVP conversation last year for, for a short stretch. Mm-hmm. There's really no – I would give it over Baker Mayfield over Tua. And and there's no bigger apologist, cheerleader, fan, believer, sucker, whatever you want to call me about Tua. You can call me whatever you want about Tua. There is no bigger believer in him than I am in this town. But I'm still giving Baker over Tua, comeback player of the year. To me, brother, I'd give James Cook more a comeback player of the year. How about that? He had 500 yards rushing last year, 1,100 this year. He had uh, 180 yards receiving. He has, what was it, four or 500? 400 or 500? 445 this year. That's comeback. That's that's most improved player of the year type of awards. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That that's That's the, I just wish we would look at things the way they should be instead of, Oh, let's give DeMar Hamlin a little extra love for all this PR stuff. And come on, man. I don't know. I just found that weird. I, I, I'm with you. And, and I hate I hate that that kind of stuff still happens in today's age. You think with especially with all the analytics and all the information and the stats out there that you wouldn't have something this blatant uh, being done. But it still happens because uh, people want to sell a story. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, so what's going on in your world? Uh, what what do we know, Canes-wise? Anything on the recruiting side that we should know about? 
Well, it's interesting. Last night I was exchanging some text messages with uh, with Stuart Mandel over at The Athletic regarding Miami because, as you know, the big thing in college football right now is the NCAA going after Tennessee, right, for uh, recruiting violations with in terms of NIL and inducement and that kind of stuff. And obviously Miami's NIL, uh, you know, was previously investigated, uh, you know, when John Reeves was running things um, because they, they, they had the issue with the Cavender Twins. And they were looking into uh, different football players and all that. And now the University of Florida, who signed Jaden Rashada, you remember Miami was very much involved in the Jaden Rashada mess um, because he was committed to the Hurricanes, uh, first committed to Florida, then committed to Miami, then flipped and signed with Florida. Um, That whole thing uh, that went down, um, you know, I I think the NCAA is kicking the tires behind the scenes to see – what they can get out of this. Uh, they're, they're coming after Tennessee for private jets and flying, uh, you know, guys cross country uh, when they signed their quarterback, Nico Amialeva, uh, from, from California. And so the NCAA is, you know, trying to come up with stuff, trying to investigate, see what they can get to, to get people in trouble. Uh, Miami is not officially under investigation right now, but I think just, you know, be on the lookout for anything that could potentially come down the road because of Jaden Rashada and because of that kind of stuff. So how does have you heard anything about what 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 direction we're going in in college football with all this NIL stuff and how it's going to be policed and, you know, you're you're watching coaches walk away from college football now. Yeah. Uh, you're watching mm-hmm. college. You're watching them either retire or they're going to the NFL. So clearly uh, the, the job of coaching college football has completely changed. And I, it, I, I think it requires even more work than it ever has because yeah. – you're such a babysitter and you're constantly almost like a PR man trying to constantly sell your program to these kids who can leave at any moment. So what what's that dynamic like right now? Because that's not we're going to start getting to a point where there aren't going to be a lot of good college coaches left over, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing you have to remember here is that recruiting is something that. Uh, a lot of coaches don't want to have to do in general, right? If they're coaching football, they don't want to have to spend time convincing kids to come for the, you know, for their program. They they w- they would much rather live in a professional sports type atmosphere where you sign the player to a contract and contractually he is obligated to show up and deliver. And if not, you can get rid of them, right? And find somebody new and and all those kind of things. College football, you know, Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, hinted at this a couple months ago. Uh, they, you know, they put out a, a statement about creating essentially what is a premier league, right, for college football, 35 to 40 teams. I think down the road, oh, talking to some people in college football, I think this is going to happen. I think we're going to eventually graduate to the point where there are 35 to 40 teams who can honestly play for the national championship, and then everybody else in college football goes back to doing their rivalries and playing games that, you know, matter to regionally. Um, but it's going to require money. It's going to require a budget. It's going to require a lot of different things. And it's going to require the NCAA accepting change. And right now the NCAA is playing catch up because they didn't put any rules in place for NIL. And so uh, schools like Tennessee are fighting it and saying, you didn't have any rules in place. We're allowed to sign players to NIL contracts. And the NCAA essentially is saying, well, no, what about amateurism? What about, you know, this isn't pay for play. And these are rules that we told you didn't exist. So it's a huge monumental battle. And I think essentially what we are on the eve of 
uh, owe is the end of the NCAA because their role uh, is not what it used to be, right? We are now in the pay-for-play era. We were for a long time under different guys, but now it's official and legal, and the Supreme Court said it's legal to do it. So uh, we're going to have a battle here the next couple years. It's going to be interesting, but I think eventually we are going to graduate to a Premier League-type system in college football where uh, if you're in the Big Ten, if you're in the SEC, or if you're a team like Florida State and Miami who's trying to get into those conferences, um, you are part of that elite group who has the money to compete for championships, to pay players, to pay assistant coaches, to maintain what you need to maintain. So I, I don't know when we get there. I don't know if it's in five years. I don't know if it's in 10 years. Oh, but certainly I think it's inevitable. It's funny because I'm going to use an analogy that you will not understand. And I'm going <laughs> to lose about 80% of you out there on this one because some of you do because you follow the show. Some of mm -hmm. you have become crypto people. But yep. it's Tennessee is saying, well, you haven't put on any rules for NIL. Well, in crypto, a lot of people are going after Gary Gensler and the SEC because they're trying to enforce when they have put no laws and rules in place for crypto. They're treating crypto like they use stocks, and it's completely different, and it can't be measured the same way. And yet, that's a battle that's going on in court, which, as you say, we're watching the end of the NCAA. We're also watching the end of Gary Gensler as the as the head of the SEC. So it's interesting how what you're talking about, it, it, it goes over in the, in the world of business. Now, speaking of NILs and things like that, Ruiz, his name hasn't been nearly as prominent in the last 10 months yeah. or something. So what's going on? Talk to me. What's, what's the deal here? Well, Who, is it UMs trying to distance themselves? Is it him also knowing that maybe there's a lot of hot water he wants to distance himself? Is he trying to cool things down. What's going on? Because we had that big Herald story, all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, and people who have tuned into our show and, and to this segment, I've, I've told them this over the last uh, several months and year that Miami, their own collective, the Canes Connection, has taken over primary um, organization and funding for the collective, for, for Miami's NIL efforts. And Ruiz has slowly been quote-unquote, phased out. I don't know that he's necessarily been phased out like uh, like they've told him go away. It's more like he's dealt with his own issues. He's had his own things to deal with. And to my knowledge, from what I was told this morning by someone, I think the only person left on the Ruiz payroll is Nigel Pack, as far as University of Miami athletes. So the Canes Connection is basically doing all of the deals now. Um, Miami is allowed to be involved in the fundraising efforts for the collective because the new rules have been applied. And so... Um, I'm not saying that uh, they wanted Ruiz necessarily out because I think they were very happy surviving with him, right, running the show for two years while NIL was sort of establishing itself. But now I think Miami's grown into a role where they don't need to rely on him or his money because, as I've mentioned many, many times before to people who just didn't want to believe it, there are a lot of people in the city of Miami with money who support the University of Miami and want to see the program win. And so Miami's NIL collective is very, very strong. Um, they have a budget that's one of the best, I think, one of the best budgets in college football, and they're able to afford what they need to do so they can sign great players and build a program to compete for a national championship. Okay. Uh, what do we know about Cam? What's he doing to uh, get himself ready for this yeah. season? 
Well, he's on campus. I think he's playing catch with his receivers. He's going through offseason workouts. He's doing uh, everything that, that that a quarterback needs to do to get ready for the upcoming season. Look, he's got uh, – there's three new freshman uh, receivers. Two of them are on campus already, Nykar and, and JoJo Trader. Uh, they're already enrolled in classes. I think 16 of the 27 uh, high school recruits in Miami's number three ranked recruiting class are on campus already. So all of those guys are going through offseason stuff. Uh, if you follow – uh, Aaron Feld, Miami strength and conditioning coach on Twitter. You'll see that he was blowing a horn today, I think, at 4.30 in the morning in Coral Gables. I'm sure pissing a lot of people off. But, uh, look, they're doing all their offseason workouts and preparing. And, you know, uh, the quarterbacks have to work with the receivers and spend a lot of time, um, you know, uh, just playing catch and, and building that chemistry. And so I know Jacoby George and Xavier Restrepo and, um, you know, Miami's tight ends and, and all those young receivers are out there. Uh, the running backs are out there, and, and he's running those things with them. All right, good stuff. Uh, anything else that I uh, did not ask that we should be asking with the Canes? No, just that, uh, you know, I, again, I, I try to emphasize this. Um, I'm writing a column on on, on the uh, recruiting classes for all the in-state schools, uh, you know, USF, UCF, Miami, FSU, Florida. Um, you'll never convince me, oh, that you can just win by – taking transfer portal guys and of course not you look at uh you look at michigan right the team that won the national championship and what essentially was a down year for the sec because alabama and georgia weren't necessarily as good as they have been um those recruiting classes on average were still top 10 recruiting classes for michigan jim harbaugh still did an excellent job and i think when you look at the path that all of the state schools are on and you say well who's the next program that's going to win a national title I know the record hasn't been there. I know his coaching hasn't been up to snuff, but Mario is accruing the most talent from the high school ranks and the most consistent top five, top 10 recruiting classes. And ultimately, this is still a talent race. And if you can get a lot of elite offensive and defensive linemen, you're probably going to have the best chance to win a national championship. Michigan proved that. They had a really good offensive and defensive line. You still win with that. You still win with running the football and shutting the run down. For as much playmakers as you have at the quarterback position and all that kind of stuff, um, I think this Miami team is trending in the right way. And if you're if you're thinking who's going to win a national title, I think Miami is on the closest path of all the state schools to get there. You still have to kneel. Still got to kneel. There's no question about that. You still okay. got to coach. No matter how much get the job done. No matter how much talent you got, you yeah. still got to kneel. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's, oh, there's no question. You got. You can you have a lot of talent, and you can still tell Vinny Testaverde, "No, go ahead and pass. It's a good thing. No, no. Think one interception. No, no. Go ahead, Vinny. Go two. No. Go ahead three. No, no. Go ahead. You're Oprah tonight. Everyone gets an interception. Go ahead. So you can have a lot of talent and still screw it up. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you. Um, for, for for the Florida State fans who are listening to this thinking I'm crazy, um, Mike Norvell's done a terrific job, right? Like what he's done the last two years. But there is an expiration date with, with transfer players, right? Yeah. They all got to leave eventually. You get them in, their, in the third or fourth year coming to the program, so you only have them for one year. And Florida State's recruited decently, but not as good as Miami on the offensive and defensive lines. And I think that's where you're going to see the difference in the next couple of years, why Miami probably passes – uh, Florida State. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. He uh, he does a much better uh, job on game day, and that would complete him 
uh, as a coach. That's for damn sure. All right, follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro and catch his work there at The Athletic. Better yet, subscribe to Athletic. Manny, as always, thank you, my friend. We will catch up next week. Have a great weekend. You too, brother. Take care. Thank you, sir. There you go, Manny Navarro and our Canes Wear Miami Hurricanes report. Don't forget, use our code BIGO10. You will get 10% off at Canes Wear in person or online. And when you go online, by the way, if you're out of town, you order over $99, you're going to get free shipping. Use our code BIGO10 and you will get 10% off. Even if it's on sale, you will still get 10% on top of this sale. Beautiful thing. Somebody, one of our listeners was like, hey, oh, I want to thank you, man. I bought this uh, for my daughter. It was on sale, and I used your code and got 10% off. It's a beautiful thing. Caneswear.com. They got Heat, Marlins, Panthers, Inter-Miami gear, Dolphins gear, and, of course, practically everything with the Canes logo. Caneswear.com.